It's four days from Halloween. Welcome to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George, how many days till Halloween? I, I missed uh, the five times I heard that song driving over. <laughs> it's uh, four days. Four naturally. more days. Yep. Four like... more days till, till what? Halloween? Till Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> four more days till Halloween. And then three. Now, if only I could remember the name of the company that brought us that delightful <laughs> message. Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Shamrock. Naturally. George, you just finished up Halloween 3, the most controversial member of the <laughs> Halloween franchise. How you feeling, sir? I'm fine. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm okay. It's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. He's as animated as Dick Warlock was. You know what I said when I finished this movie? What did you say when you finished this movie, George? Did you guys make me watch the worst movie ever made I on did purpose? A, I did a Doug Peterson. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Dan, what did I text you yesterday after uh, I watched it? The same it? thing you text me every week, Pinky. <laughs> George is going to hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I said, holy crap, he's going to hate this movie. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. George, before we talk about how wonderful this movie is, and I know we're yeah. going to get to it, but right off the top, you watch Halloween, you watch The Fog as Halloween 2. Does this movie make more sense as Halloween 3 if The Fog is Halloween 2? Or does it make more sense if Michael Myers gets burnt to the crisp at the end of Halloween 2? Uh, it, it makes more sense if the fog is Halloween, too. The science works, guys. <laughs> Trust the fungus. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, it is very, very weird Yeah, that Halloween and then Halloween 2 happened, and then how this is Halloween 3? This is Halloween 3. What? Yeah. It makes more sense that if the, if the fog was Halloween 2, then you would have established zero continuity between... Well. If that were the case, yes, you would have to establish that the Blake curse night would be Halloween night. If you're going to do that, it has to be that way. Or you do one every six months. And so you follow up Halloween 3 with, you know, the fog 2 <laughs> and <laughs> do some more springtime horror. That's not a great idea. Uh, I don't recommend that. Here's well, one thing, I, though. Okay. Here's one thing I've always battled, and this is before Eric, friend of Aaron, ever turned me on to the idea that The Fog should actually be Halloween 2. What I always thought was, the producers of Halloween 3 should have had the balls to do Halloween 4 like they did Halloween 2, and wrap up this story in a second piece. Right. Give me Halloween 3 Part 2, and wrap it all up in a nice little bow for me, and then Halloween 5 can be something... Anything other than what Halloween 5 turned out to be. But it tanked so bad that that was never going to happen. Like, but it's it, so good. Didn't it get removed from the theaters in one week? Like, it was but not it's out so for long. Good. Are you serious? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> peace. <laughs> it came out like four theaters and then, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was short-lived. Now, I mentioned in a Dan and Post last week, uh, that Travis had sent me the trailers for Halloween 3 in between us recording and me editing. They're pretty straight up on Front Street. Like, this is not Michael Myers. This is a bunch yes. of masks. But I guess it, when you look at, you know, trailer market saturation, market penetration, would it be market penetration? That seems dirty. Ooh, I don't know if you can say that. 
Although the way uh, the way Tom Atkins' character is in this movie, I guess you can say penetration. Hey, <laughs> but now. yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the trailer is is very upfront about what they're doing. But if the trailer tries really hard to get that point across, but only five percent of your audience sees that trailer, but then. 85, 90% of your audience is going in solely based on the fact that they like the last two Halloweens. I mean, I get it, but it doesn't speak well of the audience uh, knowledge level. Mm. I think they were just intrigued. I know the teaser was really intriguing. The teaser was just the witch mask, like a slow zoom in on the witch mask, and then a tarantula crawls out of the mouth. There was no footage at all. I like the teaser, but my concern with the teaser, and I this was me, you know, last week, so a lot more uh, hindsight in this, but the witch mask, once you zoom in, it does kind of look like a Myers mask. A little bit. So you could Until they be, put those stupid eyes in. You could be misled that you're going to see Michael Myers get a bug in his mouth or something. Now, can I... Well, actually, the mask is the only thing that kind of carries over. That's what I was going to say. Like, I was, I didn't know when I should say this during the, this episode, but... What? From when I was a kid, speak from your heart, Travis. Okay, when this came out, I felt, I felt like uh, robbed. I felt robbed. Okay, but not robbed because I didn't expect it because he wasn't in the trailer. But what I thought they were going to do, and they didn't do, was I thought that they were going to tie the Myers mask to Silver Shamrock, which they never did. That's like kind of what I thought. And they would be the case too. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't have to do the. Still have the big three because those Don Post masks are amazing. And I remember when I was a kid seeing the Fangoria magazines and all those all those masks that were in the the showroom. They're all Don Post like legendary masks. Yeah. All they had to do in that Willy Wonka type tour was have the. Just one Shatner mask. Or have three or four of them, like, lined up on the shelf. Maybe they're, like, first series Silver Shamrock masks or whatever. Yeah, like, have a, sham- a sh- Silver Shamrock Hall of Fame. Yeah, which like, they had. They had a bunch of old yeah. masks that were, like, a few were, like, Rick Baker designs. Like, they they were there, and I thought to myself, that would have been the perfect place, because they already tied Halloween a few times with the TV commercial, and then at the end they made, what's his name, watch the... Uh, the movie he was watching the movie mm-hmm. which but i think would've... puts this movie halloween 3 directly into the scream universe right yes yes but um yeah all they had to do cuz they kind of oh the robot guys were very myers esque you had one of the michael myers playing one of the robots so there's enough places to tie michael myers in visually like, I don't know, but I think putting the ma- just just putting the mask and and establishing that the mask is a silver shamrock release at some point that ties him in. It doesn't tell you that Myers did what he did because he was wearing the mask, because that wasn't part of the plan. The part of the plan was that year they were putting these laser chips inside these masks and they were gonna murder every kid that was wearing one. That has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Spoiler just alert making- for anyone who hasn't watched Halloween oh, three yet, shit. you bastards. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Halloween 3 yet you're probably never going to see it yeah oh, it's, it's <laughs> so good you should watch it every yeah. year like I do oh I don't know if that's going to happen am I but... the only person that loves this movie on this show if you're upset that Maybe. Travis spoiled the movie for you don't be 
don't be. I saved you sometimes. <laughs> Believe me, there's plenty of other things I can whine about about this movie. And I probably will. I really like your idea, though. Uh, especially because what you're describing is much more like the Jamie Gum situation, right? We don't mm-hmm. know all the details. We don't waste 20 minutes of a movie trying to connect all the dots to perfectly explain how and why these two things tie together. But now that right. we've established that they tie together, ooh, intrigue. Yeah. And this movie does tie into the fog. Go on. In what way? Carpenter said when he got the idea for the fog, he was in England. I think we're Stonehenge. England. England. Uh, that's right, because Clark Griswold backs into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got the idea from the for the fog from his visit to Stonehenge, okay. where he saw Fog Bank, and he said to Deborah Hill, I guess when, I don't know if they were on the trip together, but he said to her later on, wouldn't it be cool if there was something inside the fog? So he got the idea from Stonehenge, and Stonehenge is in this movie mentioned as part of the ritualistic sacrifice of the children. Yeah, it's pretty uh, so prominent. Yeah, There's a tie-in there. So it kind of confirms, I think, that the fog should be Halloween too. There isn't really a tie-in between the two movies, except for that the director outside of the movies had this experience that brought right. both movies together. But they could have said, you know, the other missing stone from Stonehenge was inside the church or something that kind of ties it all together where... There's two missing stones from Stonehenge? No, I'm saying they could have done that in Halloween 3 and said... Wait, how many are stones are missing from I think Stonehenge? one. Just the one. In the newscast. No, no. But they were chipping it I off. I mean, in, in reality... Are there any stones missing from so. Stonehenge? I think I don't it's know a fully functional. Us. It's a fully functional calendar or something, as yeah. we would call it out here. Actually, <laughs> so guys, there's... a little bit of trivia: that small town that I moved out of recently, uh, Rolla, Missouri, has their very own functional Stonehenge because hmm. it's an engineering university, and they're a bunch of nerds. Isn't uh, it made out of cars? Classic cars? I wish. No, it's just stones. <laughs> you should check it out cool. sometime if you're ever on Route 66. Oh, Go yeah. get a picture with Stonehenge and not have to fly all the way to England. Nice. What's the scale? Of oh Rollis God, I, it's it's probably like sixteenth scale. Like it's pretty tiny. You know, it's okay. it's eight foot tall, maybe. So mm, okay, not huge. You know, but still pretty cool that it functions. Still effective. But there are no missing stones from Stonehenge. Only Sharon Stone. Okay. Second question. Whatever happened with that thing that kept appearing in different places around the world? Do you remember that thing? It was like some. Is this real life or yes. is this in the movie? Yeah, it was like a couple <laughs> months I ago. I missed that part. It was like a, like a, well, like a monolith. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. That Whatever was. happened to that? The guy mm. ran out of gas money and couldn't keep driving around the world, putting <laughs> up his dumb monolith. Okay, because that was really. I was waiting for. Them to come and something announce to happen their appearance. And nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, nothing happened. Kind of like with this movie. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you have to admit they they drag it out for the payoff for a while. You know how a lot of times you say, Travis, that you're like, I don't like how they gave you the whole plot of the movie in the first 
scene, wouldn't it have been better if they like if there was some mystery to it mm-hmm. and you go blah 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 and then in the end you find out that this that blah 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 blah. It's fine. Just That's... give me a lot to give me a lot to chew on while we're getting to that. So point. this movie does the opposite. It does the exact opposite. <laughs> no, it does exactly what you what you always like what you always recommend when the plot is given to you in the first scene. Right. Right. You're wah, like, they should have done this opposite thing. Yeah. And this is that. You spend the whole movie going, I don't know what the heck is going on or why for like an hour. No, that's fine. I that didn't bother me. The problem that it made bothered it, me. Okay. It, I'm like, what the hell is going <laughs> what on? What made here? it boring and what it would have helped you is if the characters that were taking you on that journey were likable and not pieces of shit. Hey, you know, I'm yeah, just going to quote uh, American icon Sarah McLaughlin and just say that this movie is, guys, building a mystery. <laughs> Friend of the show, Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. Friend of the show. Friend hey, of the show. so George, I have to ask because I've seen this movie a bazillion times. In fact, I just finished watching it when you finished watching it because uh, I love this movie. So Because science. <laughs> how far into the movie were you before you suspected they were robots? And how far were you in the movie when you had first confirmation that indeed they were robots? Wait, they're robots? I thought they were just like wooden performances. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Like, did you suspect the whole time, hey, these guys no. act like robots? Or or did... did it work on you? Because that's the thing. I It's been so long. I don't remember... How long it lasts before you know for sure, like, oh, hey, robots. Oh, okay. So I didn't suspect robots. Cool. Because uh, witches aren't robots, (laughs) generally. (laughs) So I was expecting witches. I got robots. So I was like, wow. Westworld, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow, these witches are like really kind of like Mm Matrix-y witches, right? And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, this is just like, a, it's a weird, it's a weird witch. It's not the kind you're used to, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the Wizard of Oz. It's not, uh, you know, other movies with witches in them. Uh, and when I realized that they were robots, uh, was probably, or when I su- first suspected was when the coroner or the autopsy chick, side chick, chick was like, they must have sent the wrong bag. There's just like car parts and crap in here. And I'm like, oh well, no body. There's yeah, no body. that's that's when I was like, hmm. See, I was, and then hmm. it was confirmed when he punched his belly. He punched his yeah. belly and pulled out some cords. I was suspicious, but then I was like, okay, there's really bad acting in this movie, so it could be just I'll chalk it up for that. I mean, it could have just been CIA agents. Right. You know, they might not have been... Ro- oh, my God. In the very beginning, when her dad is getting chased, and they yeah. catch him in the junkyard, yeah, and he pulls the block out from underneath the tire, and the car rolls and squishes yeah. the other guy in between the two cars. The way he died, yeah, I'm like, he's not human. Because his reaction, he didn't have a human reaction to the car rolling at him. He just kind of was like, huh. And then... It squished him, and he just kind of almost like shorted out. Like it wasn't like he didn't have a reaction. He just yeah. Kinda that is over. that is probably the first time it's hinted at. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, either that's terrible acting, 
which was par for the course. I thought or... it was terrible acting when I saw it <laughs> first time. But it's purposely done. Yeah. Why not both? Hey, so guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hooray. Yeah. They they start hinting at like the dangers of technology and the threat, the menace of technology, even at the very beginning, the intro mm-hmm. with the pumpkin, because it's very similar to the first Halloween. You know, you got music, uh, pretty cool music. You got a scary pumpkin. It's just in this case, it's a technology pumpkin and it's flashing it's in your bit. face. It's an 8-bit pumpkin. I don't even. I, yeah, it might yeah, be. It might not even be eight bit. Was it two, two or bit? four bits, man? That's some. <laughs> that's some Atari twenty six hundred ambitions. Yeah, yeah it's like Space Invaders. But hey, uh, here's the thing, though. Let's just look at this now. Obviously, George, you didn't mention the car beginning as being a hint toward robotness at first because you were no, y- you weren't there yet. No. If you come into this movie, let's just uh, main timeline it. Halloween. Halloween 2, this movie. Wait, uh, it's Halloween 2, Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is Halloween 2. Like the straight up regular timeline, it's 1982. You're seeing the third Halloween. You can't wait. You see a guy acting kind of robotically get squished by a car. Your first thought is probably going to be, oh, uh, that guy's acting just like Michael Myers. Only there's two of them because there's another one in the car. Now we have two Michael Myerses. Like he doesn't have his mask on. And then four? I could imagine a Michael Myers getting squished by a car and kind of, you know, mm. not thrashing about like he did in H2O. If, if when the car was rolling at him, he just did like a head tilt. Oh, that's what they got, missed. And then got crushed. But he would have jumped onto the hood of that car and then got inside. Like, he was Mike Myers? way more agile than these robots. Yeah, Myers had a brain. He, like, he, he did human things, like. But they're definitely and... going for the same kind of like slow yeah, moving stalker attitude. And they do the slow pass with the two guys in the car, just like they do with the one with Michael by himself in Halloween one. Like yes. they're hearkening back to Halloween one quite a bit mm-hmm. with these guys. Yes. Trying to misdirect. They're not robots. They're ghost spirit zombie guys or whatever it is right. that Michael Myers is at this one point. One of them is played by Michael Myers. So that adds to it. Dickie W. The, yeah. Dick. Dick Warlock is the one of the featured uh, zomboids, I guess. What the hell would you call them? Robots? Were they robots? Synthetic organisms? Whatever. But he was, he, was the, he was the one that was, uh, had his belly punched out and then mm. was, was the same face was in the elevator the next scene. So then you realized that they were mass produced. Hmm. He was a featured, like when you saw him, you, he, they were purposely You know, I didn't him. notice that. Yeah. But when the, you look at him now, you're, were the same, that... you're going to see why the Myers mask fits him differently than Nick Castle, because you can tell by this head shape that he's got this huge round pumpkin head compared to <laughs> Nick Castle, friend but they the were show, trying Dick to- Warlock. Right. No, he, yeah, he, would, even, he would even say that, like that they knew that they were both wearing the same mask. Mm-hmm. But it was two different heads, so the part two Myers mask looks totally different. But it's the same mask because Dick Warlock's head is shaped differently. And actually, I believe and you know what? That's okay. It is fine. People have yeah, different people shaped have different heads, shape heads. Exactly. and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I think we've talked enough about Dick heads. Let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned Dick Handley a few times, so yeah, no, I love Dick that. Handley. <laughs> <laughs> That whole conversation was good radio. Let's keep it. How excited how excited were you, George, to see Tom Atkins back again 
Oh my goodness. Such a Mac, man. I just, I almost couldn't contain myself and my bag of potato chips. I mean, I that mustache adds like a 20% bonus to his uh, machismo. Am I right? Uh, I, 20, only 20%. He's like the dollar store Tom Selleck. <laughs> He's getting them. He's getting them in every movie. He's got that stash, but it's just not Tom Selleck quality. You <laughs> just, know what I'm saying? It's not Magnum PI. It's I would like just I would rate him as like right he's a Roger Moore man. Like no matter what my <laughs> personal taste would be in men, uh, he's getting results. You know, he is getting results, but it is in the script. So I'm just saying, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not a looker. He's getting he cast, man. He's but he's getting, getting... Getting cast. What's up? And then Annie's back for the third movie in a row. <clears throat> Either way, no matter which timeline we look yeah. at, Annie's back again, again. Can you believe that, George? Were you excited to see your favorite star from Halloween 1 back again, again? Very, very, very much so. I caught her breathing again. <laughs> well, this time she was alive, so that's okay. okay. <laughs> it's okay. Sure. It's okay this time. <laughs> Damn it. I hate making fun of friends of the show. <laughs> but just saying. Well, and you know, it's funny. I, I think I brought this up. Actually, I, I brought this up in the Halloween episode. And George, you hadn't seen this movie yet. But I talked about how the novelization of Halloween 3, which of course they make after the movie's made, uh, references Chalice seeing Halloween on TV in the bar. But instead of the scene they show, which is like the promo, mm-hmm. he actually sees a scene with Annie in it. And Remarks in the book that she looks an awful lot like his ex-wife. That's funny. Oh, my God. That's good. I love that book. That's a good one. If you can (laughs) find it, it's only been printed like once or twice, so they're expensive. But Halloween 3 novelization, not much different than the movie, but still worth a read. What the heck? Well, it might be better in the movie because you don't have to actually see the corny. (sighs) You're just going to read it. So, same. Honestly, I was finding the gems in this movie because... I'm a purist, and I was always angry at this movie because it's not a Myers movie. So I'm a child of the 80s, and I felt duped. So I get it. In hindsight, I look at it, it fits in the world, but obviously not in the Myers world. But while I was watching it this time, I I was making the connection of uh, the Willy Wonka feel, yeah, which made it better for me. Because I was like, oh, this... The only thing that would make this even better is if they actually cast Gene Wilder as Cochran. Oh my and, god, that'd be amazing! And he and he was doing that tour because it was basically that scene. Even the kid going, "I want a mask." It was almost like the Veruca Salt, yeah, scene. Very much. So. so I was like, "Okay, I can like this movie a little bit more because that's that's if even if that was done not even on purpose, it's a cool little reference." Yeah. Well, and, and even yeah, before, this... uh, even before the tour scene, that drunken hobo. His description hmm. of Cochrane is essentially of Willy Wonka, only instead yes. of Oompa Loompas, he's got uh, robots. Robots, yeah. Robots. And out-of-towners. And then the whole Matrix feel. And the Westworld feel. Like, I never, because I had never seen Westworld until mm. we did the show. So now when I was watching, I was like, oh, okay. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, a college student took all those movies and then took a time machine and saw the Matrix, and then made this movie with his Super 8 camera and his friends, and he's like, I'm going to take the Matrix and Westworld and it's Willy like, Wonka. Yo, the, the mask <laughs> factory workers are going to be Matrix 
robots. Oompa Loompa robots. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> and yeah, and I I honestly don't remember that tour scene too much. So I might have always maybe fast forwarded through it. I've seen it before, but it never registered the that Willy Wonka feel. So that actually makes it a little better for me. The but science is working, boys. The science <laughs> is is working. No, this movie still sucks, Dan. <laughs> hey, so the thing that I love most about Halloween 3, more than all the other things that I love about this movie, and there is a laundry list. I think I have more good things to say about this movie than it ever deserved. But my favorite thing is the disparate nature of the horrifying, gnarly kills Versus the kind of like chill sci-fi action adventure feel of the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. It really feels like a PG, like almost a TV movie for kids. You know, like an extended version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And then every 20 minutes, there's like an NC-17 rated murder kill. And it's just like, (laughs) It gave me, the the parts that weren't uh, gruesome kills, gave me a soap opera. Yeah, because yeah. the the acting was bad, so it was like it was just a volley. We call it a volley, a volley of lines. Yeah, like, there's no acting going on. They're just they know what they're supposed to say and they say it. Like when he comes to his ex wife's house. Yeah, and she's like the the food doesn't leave the table. Like it's just like it's it was almost robotic. Like all their deliveries were robotic. Mm. Lindsay. <laughs> no, she didn't even like uh, and what's the word uh, punctuate. It was just monotone the way she was talking. So I was like, it was almost like she was one of the robots, but they didn't, like, they planted her in his life a long time ago, kind of thing. Like, she was just so robotic. And they were all like that. Even the, the, the bum that gives the expose, he was, he was basically reading those lines. Like, there was, I don't even think there was any rehearsal time at all. It was just like they were feeding him lines. And he was saying, yeah, how awkward is that whole interaction? Like, Hey man, I don't have any diseases or nothing. Yeah, can, can I, I get some? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, diseases. bro. How do you know that, dude? Like, it's here's, like 82. Here's 10 bucks. <laughs> Go buy yourself something. Yeah. Like, or, and also, I'm like, okay, here's, this is, this is me. Watch. This is, this is a weird scene. Can we all agree this is the weirdest scene in the movie? There's a lot of weird all scenes. All of them? No, no, no. I mean, like, this is like a really weird okay. interaction. You really, really have to suspend reality for the bum scene. Yes. The bum with the... The, the, the bum scene. <laughs> the bum with the... With Are the... we talking about uh, Tom Askins when he gets out of bed and just gives you a full-on view yeah. of that booty? Yeah, we get to see his rump. No, 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 no. That's the, the uh, bum the, scene. We were all this... leaning forward to see if we could see her... her parts this, <laughs> i didn't want to see his, so you're referring this, to the hobo scene not the I'm, bum scene I'm talking the bum about scene the, the is sip, a winner that's gold the sip in the buck scene right right sip in the wait butt. that's not really even no. there oh jeez hey i don't have cooties can i drink some of that scene okay oh, yeah, the cooties scene yeah of course yeah so i'm like okay <laughs> dude's trying to find out about this this uh whatever guy this this cochran guy mm-hmm. right so this is a local that's willing to talk to him that doesn't seem like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'll give him a sip of my whatever it is, whiskey or whatever, and I'm going to like make friends with him and I'm going to find out what he knows yeah. because he's like the only person here that's going to talk to me. So th- at first I was like, okay, that makes sense. Even if you don't, like even if you say here, just take the whole bottle, I want to know about Cochran. Some info, yeah. Right? 
That would that would have made more sense. Because the whole rest of the town did like the children of the corn kind right. of arrival when right. they were driving through. So I'm, so I'm thinking, all right, maybe he's just letting this guy drink out of his bottle to humor him right. because he's going to use him to get some information. That was me trying to rationalize how weird that was. And then he asks him for a buck. And he like gives him a buck. And I'm like, okay, he's still just like, mm-hmm. just give him the guy whatever he wants so that he'll keep talking so that he can keep learning. But he doesn't ask the guy anything specific mm-hmm. or like anything that would move the plot along at all. He's like Darth Vader. He never asked him any questions. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, it's just like, yeah, so, uh, so tell me generally about this Cochran guy. Right. But gener- <laughs> generally? You just, you right. just want to know generally? Yeah, like, like, what's his shoe size? Like, no. <laughs> what are you trying to find out about him? Nothing. Find that out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It was just like really weird. And I was like, and that was it. That was the point in the movie where I was like, okay, n- this, uh, none of this is going to pay off anyway. Just keep watching until something happens. Yeah. If that makes sense. But then eventually, right around that scene, the scene happened. Like, I, when that woman gets a hole blown in her face, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, when I was a kid, like that makeup was pretty damn good. That was very it's, good. Like, it's look, still look good. At, it's so gross. But, but it is. It's like just watching it today, <laughs> it holds up. It is funny. <laughs> like that, yes, that that makeup was fantastic. The laser beam did not hold up, but the the practicals did. Yeah, the yeah. practicals definitely did. But then you had another scene and I'm laughing like just thinking about it of the practical, right? Because like at the very end you have uh, a cricket. <laughs> no, you have Ellie's arm, right? Attacking. Uh, yes, <laughs> Tom Atkins, right? And do you know what I'm talking about, Dan? Go on. Like it's not a fake arm; it's a real. It's arm. her arm off camera. It's a real right. arm, and she's <laughs> off camera, like right below the screen. And all yeah. I can imagine, like I'm just imagining her below my TV <laughs> with her arm up, like a, like she's like, a puppeteer, like, like Jim Henson. I'm like, yo, this is so bad. This is the worst practical I've was, ever seen in my life. It was as bad as her head laying on the ground, and it's basically just her head in the hole in the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, they did that in Alien, but it looks so much better. <laughs> it's really a shame too, because the drill kill also is like yeah they're going uh, for the like it's worse when you can't see it thing but we're in a movie where they just blasted a lady with a laser facial yeah and like you really the can't first kill come was back pretty bad too that. the the first kill is awesome like he pulls his entire face like his nose bridge yeah. and, and his eye sockets out you know yeah. here's the thing like that guy good. was complaining yeah. about sinus pressure and that robot was just like here let me help you <laughs> it's like yeah, here's your neti pot. <laughs> I do like right before the first kill, though, the uh, killer who's wearing a suit, mind you, puts on his black gloves. gloves and I'm just like, very oh, jolly. Shit, we're yes. doing a jello. <laughs> jello there. And then, jello. boom, rips that fucker's face jello off. <laughs> yeah, and then he wiped his black glove on the curtain. And it was like, it, it was not 3M blood. It was like 1.5 blood. <laughs> <laughs> it was it looked like beef juice like it wasn't i didn't i didn't notice that i mean i know yeah he was wiping his gloves off on the curtain but i didn't notice the blood being bad or anything so then you what didn't... i did think was why the heck is he wiping yeah. his gloves off on a curtain like it's, this doesn't make any <laughs> that's sense that's not a robot thing to do 
Um, <laughs> I think it's just like a tactile thing. You're supposed to feel like empathize. You're supposed to feel a bloody hand on a curtain. And you're just like, ugh, that's gross. Well, speaking of that, the scene after uh, Chalice, is it Chalice? Chalice. Uh, puts his hand in the belly of the robot. Yeah. And then he stands up and Willy Wonka is standing there and he's talking to him, Cochran, and he's wiping the juices off his hand. <laughs> Did uh-huh. you watch that? Yeah. <laughs> Go back and watch that scene because he, he takes a tissue out, which probably is going to sop up maybe 10% of the goo on his hand. Uh-huh. And he just sops it up and then you hear it hit the floor <laughs> because he took his whole hand and just pushed all the goo. <laughs> I'm like, he might have a tissue on one finger and he's just palming this goo and you hear it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that was not thought out. Like he's, why has he got a tissue? Just use your hand. So good. Yeah. I so sent you guys to... a link uh, to one of my favorite scenes and it happens right after the first robot like self immolates in the parking lot, which if you look at it, you're like 17 minutes into the movie. You've got a Michael Myers-ish killer who's now burned himself at a hospital. So it's like, okay, the stakes mm-hmm. of Halloween 2, we have met in 17 minutes. What are we going to do with the rest of the movie? Which is an intentional choice and kind of the same thing that Friday 4 does. Uh, almost note for note, right? We're in a hospital. We're going to do Halloween 2, but bigger. Uh, in this case, though, the guy ends up on fire, which is kind of cool. Check that link that I sent you. This is one of my favorite things in the entire movie. The cop in the fireman's hat? The fireman's hat. Watch his fire department decal. This guy nods. All he does is nod, and he's wearing a floppy hat. <laughs> and I'm sure on VHS you can't see it, but man, now that we're in like a 1080p, hell, oh a 4K, God. the 4K comes out this month. I'm going to be able to watch this movie in 4K, and I'm going to see every intricate detail of that floppy it's fucking like a, FD sign. It's like a seesaw <laughs> on his head. 30 <laughs> seconds, he shakes his head. Guys, oh my God. go back and watch that emphatic fireman just going oh my zip, God. zip, That zip. ranks up there with the stormtrooper in Star Wars who bangs his head walking in dude. the room and then he stands over his helmet crooked for like a minute. It's like, dude, fix your helmet. I didn't, I didn't notice the flopping FD sign on the hat, but I definitely noticed the hat like, and I thought, what are they doing with the costumes? What? That's are a they... fireman's hat, hat from 1982. Is it? Maybe. I, I, Is it? I mean... <laughs> is it though sorry it, <laughs> sorry I threw Dan I mean in there but yeah <laughs> I mean I mean what do you know you aren't alive yet <laughs> <laughs> that's true I know the toy helmets look like that there but, have been some yeah. great advances in <laughs> fireman's helmet te- technology since then. That poor guys got to wear that and costume. thank goodness because now their emblems actually stay on the hat. Think about this. In you know, in 1982, none of the emblems actually stayed on the hat properly. Yeah. It was a big problem. Big problem. <laughs> they had to fix With that. Fire departments yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Sadly, this guy you can thank the unions for that. Had no lines, therefore <laughs> he gets <laughs> he just nods. he gets no freaking. Yeah, he's he counts as an extra. That's a shame. <sighs> So he's known as the floppy hat guy, and he's got no lines. 
That's Can we shame. find the floppy hat guy? We should look him go up on, and get him on the show. Go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Go on Twitter. Like Maybe Debra knows him. Post, post oh, wait, that clip. That. <laughs> like, be like, we need to find this guy. If you know who this guy is, we need to speak with him. We need to speak to the floppy hat guy. guy. I find know, this guy. When we find his IMDB, I want to find out what else he's done. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got a Tom Atkins mustache. Well, yeah. What <laughs> other things has he had a floppy hat in? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that is a proper 1982 fire apparel, but if you want to be sure that this movie is from the 80s, uh, you're not going to have to wait long because in the next scene, everybody blames the robot's behavior on drugs or something. <laughs> everybody thinks he's on drugs. Right. That's right. Just and say then, no, uh, guys. Just say Chalice no. Chalice smacks a coworker on the ass and then she returns the favor. <laughs> it's very 80s. <laughs> uh, Those were good times. Good times. It's good times. What do you think but- about the use of Halloween at the bar? particularly i mean it's a commercial for a movie that this is a Mm. sequel to so it doesn't exist in the exact same world unless it's like a scream situation they just happen to name it the exact same thing as the original halloween that this references name it name it name it it. (laughs) but here's the thing it is like front and center i don't i remember it being like off in the distance in the bar but mm. no, it's like straight up like no, center frame. Yeah. Like here's the commercial to Halloween. Wouldn't you rather be watching this? Well, That's doesn't a risky the announcer move. of the commercial call it like the legendary something? Like he he points it out. It's he says, a legit oh, you TV got no commercial. Halloween. Uh, he's like you got no Halloween spirit. No, not the bartender. The commercial uh, voice says something like, "Watch the iconic Halloween." But like he he basically plugs it as an iconic film in a movie that come out what a year and a half after yeah, it came right. out so it was it was interesting like most movies they just kind of put a poster in the background like if you're watching poltergeist yeah there's or a like, yeah. poster on the wall and the it's the directors paying homage to the other people that influence whether it's like a, a jaws poster or like the thing right you always see that sam raimi always puts like the Hills Have Eyes in the background because he's a Wes Craven fan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think the commercial was too much. I think a, maybe a movie poster, maybe a, a newspaper uh, on the wall with like the Haddonfield or murders like, or, or something like on it would have been better. Just a mask in the mask in the factory, in the, in the factory would have been, been fine. Perfect. It's so strange though because it does pay off. You know, you wouldn't, when you're watching this for the first time, I don't imagine that you see that scene at the bar with the commercial and you go, ooh, this is a good idea. <laughs> you know? Because no. it's like, it's one of no. two things, right? It's either ridiculous that they're trying to be meta in a sequel in the same sort of cinematic timeline as the first movie to like call itself such an important... It's just, it, it's a big weird thing. Or worse, you hate the movie so far and you're like, oh, I'd so much be... I'd rather be watching yeah. that movie than this movie. It reminds you. I'm going to go home and watch Halloween. <laughs> director. But then it does manage to pay off at the end, and they do a thing, uh, not to skip to the end of the movie, but we're going to uh, just for a second here. They make him watch Halloween with the mask on because after Halloween is the death commercial and he's going to essentially die in like a James Bondian kind of trap, you mm-hmm. know, like... No, Mr. Chalice, I expect you to bug and then leave. <laughs> like, mm. it's whatever. Uh, 
but they do a thing that doesn't happen again in a movie until Scream. So I'm like kind of not kidding. This is like related to Scream. This this is Scream Zero, right? Before we have Scream, we have Halloween Three. They score the scene with the music yep. from the original Halloween, which is yeah, that's a ballsy move for a movie that is way different. Yeah, and it's not a Carpenter movie either. So it's it's almost like, is it Wallace? Is he? paying homage is he using opportunity because you know he doesn't what it have to is? pay money if this happened in the nfl this year there'd be a yellow flag for taunting taunting <laughs> that's <laughs> what it would be well i mean wallace had was involved in Halloween, whether it's so. whether it's taunting or not mm. the flag's coming out well speaking of that uh freaking chalice first shot throwing that mask over the camera i mean come on first he's like tom brady oh yeah he threw that Mask with no arm because his arms were tied, mm-hmm. so it was just a flick of the wrist. Yep, he should like be a, a professional frisbee thrower. I mean, guys, that looked a lot like one of them backhanded underhand over the shoulder Patrick Mahomes <laughs> no look passes. Yeah, where you're just like, mm. but how did he even throw it over there? He was looking over there, touchdown. Nice, but also Yo. I like that shot because then what does it do? It establishes that the security camera is now blocked, and looks like the opening of the Eye original holes. Halloween. Like that's a fun, like that's more meta, right? Like that's more yes. like, I like that. not quite down Easter the eggs. middle. Yeah. Yeah. More of an Easter egg than like a plot device. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Well, now that you're talking about it, this kind of, the whole plot of this movie feels like a, a, a Saul movie a little bit. Yeah. The like end bit does when he's trapped in the yeah. facility and all that. It's almost like, you know, you I, have to, I'm sitting here agreeing with you. I've you never, never seen, seen I've never seen a single Saul movie, <laughs> but I know of Saul. Right. So, but yeah. it's kind of like that that whole you know uh, situational horror where it's like yeah. you, you have to you're trapped and you have to figure out how to you know escape room kind of thing. But or, at the same yes. time, I mean the the plot line of the movie, if you look at the whole plot, kind of has like a James Bond feel. Like I was kind of joking yeah. a minute ago, but really it is. If I mean, if you had a James, if you had Goldeneye, right, or even like a Doctor No, right, and then every twenty minutes you had an NC seventeen murder. That's this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird to think about, but... It is weird. There we are. Ooh, one last thing about the ending that I like. The, not the full ending ending, but the, the scene with the, the security camera and Halloween 1 playing on the TV. Mm-hmm. Now that you've seen the end of the movie, Chalice kicks the TV before the resolution of Halloween. So mm. if you had never seen Halloween before, you'd be like, ah, you're leaving me with a cliffhanger. And yeah. the end of this movie is a cliffhanger. Like it's really interesting how he repurposes the plot of Halloween with his feet. Oh, see, I didn't notice that because at the end of this movie, I actually kicked my TV, <laughs> so I wasn't aware that it was a cliffhanger. Oh man, that's why we need Halloween three two, the return Wait. of Dan Chalice. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How many more women is he going to bang in a Halloween movie? That's my question. Dude. <sighs> Dude. Does he, he bang anybody in Night of the Creeps? <laughs> I don't rem- I don't think he... I can't remember. Does he, does he play the starring role in Night of the Creeps? <sighs> He's one of the primary guys. It's, is he the primary? It's more of an ensemble than this about? one is. I know of a couple movies where he doesn't get any ass. What I'm saying is he's a creep. <laughs> Guy, yeah. friend of the show, Tom Atkins. <laughs> friend, of friend of the show, Tom Atkins. Yeah. He is a no, deadbeat dad, though. And <laughs> I mean, not to judge, but as another, as a fellow father, I can say he's a sucky yeah. dad. 
But he's I think like, I'm not gonna come home. I got a can, six cans of beer, and this chicken ones I want to bang. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're <laughs> supposed to like. I think, I think they intended for you to like feel for him at the beginning where you're like, but he's a doctor. He's got to go save this guy's life. He can't just be hanging out with his mm-hmm. kids or whatever. But then, yeah, they double down when he's like, Hey, uh, I got doctor stuff. I got to go talk to doctors about doctor things. Right. It's real boring. Uh, all right. Bye. Six pack yeah. young lady put, car trip. Like hmm. why he's divorced is not a mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's put it that way. She's, she's a, she's a, a block of wood. His ex-wife. But yeah. you still feel for her because <laughs> you can just tell that little scene just establishes that he's a drunk doctor who doesn't have time for his family. Yeah, I couldn't tell if they were trying to have me on his side or her side because whenever she would talk, you I hated would, her. I hated her. <laughs> and whenever he would do something shitty, I would hate him. So I'm like, I hate both of these people and I don't care whether they're together or not. Yeah. I feel bad for the kids. Yeah. I mean, there's no redeeming characters in this movie at all. Because I have to tell you, I... I wouldn't be married to her either. No. She's a block of wood. And if I was her, I wouldn't be married to him right. either. Sometimes so, like, people just aren't meant to be together, man. Maybe, Two maybe very fine the, people just yes, not maybe meant this to was be the, together. This was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. Like my parents. I sit there and go, you know, they were brought together to make me. Yeah. They just didn't mix together, but they uh, but did the, well enough to have three good kids. I was. That's funny, though. But I feel the opposite about your parents, though. For the okay. record, though, Travis has... Three siblings. Yeah, three kids. <laughs> I, I was leaving. I, I was leaving one out. That was the joke. He killed it. Oh, it was like Travis <laughs> and his three siblings. Yeah, he had three <laughs> great kids. <laughs> Stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> three great kids and one not so great. No, what I'm saying is like the opposite is true for your parents. Or it's like, like I, your dad's super cool, and your mom's fine. And, like I never felt any any way about either no, of them. but they but they these don't, people annoyed the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, no, but like if you want to dig into stories, yeah, the people have baggage and sure, yeah. So their baggage was right up front. Like, yeah, like I always said when my dad walked out, I had no idea they were even fighting. Like <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, he left? What? Because <laughs> they were very good at hiding it. Well, right. so it's like here's the thing I've learned in my many years on this planet, Travis. Some people have a lot of baggage and carry it with them, and some people learn to pack light, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. have one bag at the <laughs> motel. Yeah, we practice a lot. Do you As think it's Jersey, weird? You say big. Big. Do you think it's like inconsistent with the character of Dan Chalice that he's not immediately like, we got to get one motel room with one big old bird? You know, like he's, he's cool with two rooms and like keeps pushing for no, two rooms. Is that an act? Is that some yes. kind of like move Absolutely. to yes. make himself look less creepy so as yes. to creep on her harder? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mm. think they established that pretty quickly by his ass slap on the one nurse and then his yeah. phone calls to the other nurse and then her, she's like, uh, we don't need two rooms. And Although he, that line, where do you want to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, you know the answer to that question. Like, That's a stupid question, Miss yeah, What's he, Your Butt. <laughs> and how old are you? Wait, I'll ask you that after I bang you twice. Okay, <laughs> seriously. We have yeah. to talk about that line. We do. Uh, we do. But we have That's to talk bad. about it in a, in a greater context, okay? So let's take a step back from whatever that line is. <laughs> and let's get, let's get a little Kubrickian, okay? 
Oh, you couldn't okay. do this the first time, George, because you didn't know. But spoiler alert, that bitch turns into a robot at the end. But when does she turn into a robot? The movie, at first glance, would probably tell you that she's turned into a robot right before the final big rescue. Hmm. But there's clues throughout the movie if you're willing to pretend that everything is actually meant to make sense. Uh, where you could make arguments that at multiple times in this movie that Ellie is turned into a robot. And then it opens up some really interesting plot questions as to how much uh, she was actually into Chalice or even interested in Chalice's input or whether she was some kind of robotic like Red Sparrow type thing sent by Cochrane to take care of the witnesses left over. And then you have to ask how many of these debonair robots are out there taking out the last couple of people that ever saw this event take place for insurance reasons to prevent the Mm. uh, interruption of his plot. See, that would make this movie 10 times better if they established that she was a robot the whole time. Well, and they don't Mm. not establish it though. I mean, that's the thing you should, because here's the thing. They they Jane Gummit. He meets her at the hospital, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she a robot she's... then? Probably not. But maybe. What if she's they... a robot assassin sent along with those other two guys to like keep an eye out for witnesses? Well, they never establish how the process happens. Do they create them or do they create them from people? They never exactly. establish that. So that's the thing. Is she a robot from the beginning? Just made to look a little bit like Michael Jackson, but not enough that it's like <laughs> creepy? She's like the uh, dollar store Jamie Gertz. George is looking at me like, who the hell is Jamie Gertz? I know Michael Jackson, and I, I, I agree. <laughs> Michael Jackson didn't look anything like that at the time, though. In fact, I'm pretty sure he watched this movie and was like, you know. I want that hair. If <laughs> <Probably>. only. <laughs> uh, Friend of the show, Michael Jackson. Friend of the show, Michael Jackson. <laughs> hey, uh, but he, so that's the thing, right? Uh, there's a weird six-day break. Like. Travis is cracking up still. <laughs> for these movies, for for six no days one's to a pass, of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at, up at us right now and really enjoying what we're doing. He's looking uh, up. Do you think he looks like he did in Thriller by now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you guys. <laughs> Oh, shit. Legit question, though. Like, in what slasher movie or any horror movie have you seen six full days pass without anything happening? Like, Chalice leads six days of his normal life, you assume, banging coroners and stuff, between the time he meets Ellie and then the time she sees him at the bar and they kind of hit it off and go on their little adventure. So that's plenty of time for Ellie to go to Santa Mira on her own get killed get cloned come back as a robot also the funeral they supposedly see each other at that we never see show don't tell movie show don't tell uh come on didn't want to have to spend all the budget on all those black dresses because they had to instead make some really questionable uh how bad imagine how bad the fireman's hat would be oh my god they had to spend money on black dresses (laughs) plastic fisher price hat (laughs) (laughs) oh shit well, they so, had to pay Tom Atkins' uh, mustache extra. That's so, true. He got a bonus for the mustache. Got a bonus for the mustache. So that's the thing, guys. Uh, the Ellie thing is fun. Uh, you can play with it as a plot to see when does she become a robot because the implications down the road, if she's a robot earlier, 
uh, pay themselves off in the scene that we were going to get to. And here's why I bring all this up. The first line to her, aren't you just the least bit tired? Mm. She's got boundless robotic energy. And that's what leads him to ask her, how old are you? And she says, guys, (laughs) she says, relax. I'm older than I look. look. Which is boundlessly awful. Like, there is no end to how awful that line is just in the world. And that that turned him on. (laughs) She said that. He's like, hey, now. And here's the thing. Later on in this movie, you're going to meet a 100 and something year old German robot old lady. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we don't know how long they've had robots, but she could literally be, that could be a tell. She could be Mm -hmm. like a 30 year old robot and look 21, (laughs) right? We're saying 21. Uh, She looks 21. Yeah. But she's actually a 30 year old robot. Relax. I'm older than I look. Guys, mm. she might be, a, he might be banging a robot. Yeah. Well, it depends on the detail that they actually uh, put into those things. I mean, this, this is, I mean, a script written by a guy, adapted by a different guy, based on a short story by a third guy. It might be there, guys. It's Blade Runner. <laughs> it might yeah. as well be. But to me, that idea works more if she was always a robot. Because I'm not buying into the whole that they're creating, they're cloning and creating. Like the woman. Oh, had so her you're face you're like off. full in like she's robot assassin banging she, Tom she was Atkins. A spy. Yeah, she she was uh, basically told to tell him. That's what I think. That that sounds more right. <laughs> Do you think she was a robot in? The scene, the first scene she's in the movie where she identifies her father. Is she a robot then? Yes, right? Well, that would make it better, but then she she would have had... Again, the acting comes in. It's bad acting. Like, if she were a robot, is she it, wouldn't really know how to act. Is it bad acting, or is she just a robot? Right. I think this is my new favorite, like, bad movie Theory? device. It's just... Oh, the, oh, you didn't like the, you you didn't like the acting in Clerks, guys. Did you miss the first robots. five minutes where they explain that they're all just actually robots? Mm. That's why uh, the acting's like that, dude. I can't stop thinking about the arm. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop thinking. That's about an image the arm. that sticks with you, man. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> they're like, I can't imagine how that scene was directed. Mm. You know, all right. So take her arm, just like flail around with it, but not too far because she's got to follow you, obviously, and she's yeah. you know like on the ground. She's got to crawl around wherever you go. So a, like a few late, a few years just, later, they figured out Sam Raimi figured out how to do that. <laughs> but yeah, they the how whole, do they how, how did well Sam they Raimi do it? the whole um, I think it actually became a Halloween costume where you kind of put the the fake hand on your wrist. And you use your real hand as the fingers, so it, it can look like you're holding a hand that's moving like thing from Adam's family, but okay. it's actually your real hand, and you have like a fake amputated oh, arm like on fake, your wrist. A fake other hand. So it really sounds your... like you're describing a glove. Yeah, but 
no, it's it's your real hand, but your wrist is the appliance. Like there's a fake severed wrist that it looks like your hand is hold. It's a, okay. It's so a, so it, there's a fake arm. Right. There's a fake arm, and the and the hand part, <laughs> the hand part is real. of the arm is an actual hand. Yes. Your hand. Right. And there's a fake arm holding your wrist. That yes, that your that your hand comes and that out has of. a severed arm on it. So there's yes. like a, it's like the arm is is going to your wrist, but your hand is yes. the hand of the severed it's arm. It's like it's like uh, the effect where, you know, like you put the actor's body in the ground. Yeah, Savini does the, it all the time. And you put the fake body laying on the ground with the actor's head on it. Right, kind of thing. It's exactly like exactly that, like that, but it's just with an arm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this movie! I can't we believe took, we got an hour we, out of it, dude. <laughs> this is really like—I mean, I thought it was gonna be a twenty-minute episode. No, this is the. This is like, are are we gonna watch a good movie soon? Because like, so. actually, uh-huh. like, we're getting really good at podcasting, right? <laughs> because of the quality of movies that we're watching, right? Right. So, it's actually more difficult to have a good episode. About a bad movie. About a bad movie. Yeah. Right? I don't know, so, man. So, like, this movie I think this is just is... gymnastics. I think Dan just isn't <laughs> satisfied with our content, and so he's right. like, we're going we're gonna to improve the show by, by exercising our podcasting muscles every <laughs> single week. Next week is Critters 4. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, hey, so... It started with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, excuse me. Silent Night... Comma, comma, deadly, deadly night. night. So back at the uh, the movie we we're talking about tonight, uh, the first time you have Cochran <laughs> anywhere on screen, you don't see his face. He's in a car driving by, but they do that same Michael Myers stalking you in a car drive by, and then they cut to an internal first person view from Cochran's seat out. I mean, essentially, they make him the new Michael Myers for a minute. Mm. That's kind of interesting. I mean, it's like yeah, the universal sure. language of slasher movies now to have a first person. Oh my God, it's a camera in a car, right? But yeah. it's interesting that in a movie where you've already got all these suited killers, now we've like upped the ante a bit and found the boss suit. Mm. Yeah. I like the motel scene where he's in the parking lot because not only is Tom Atkins a chick magnet, he's also a car magnet <laughs> as people mm. continually try to run him over. <laughs> I mean, I that's like another hint that she's a robot, though, right? Because it's just cars are, cars are machines. They can't get enough of him. Robot lady's a robot machine. She can't. That's see, it's true. all coming together, that's guys. True. But see, the, the two scenes that are making me think she was not a robot till the end was uh, the, what was it? When the identifying her father and the scene where they find her dad's car in the warehouse. So I'm wondering, like, those are the two scenes where she shows humanity. Also, if she's a robot, is it necessary that she shower? Who gets out of the shower soaking wet and puts a blanket on? Who does that? A robot, obviously. A robot. (laughs) She didn't even take the time to fully towel off with the implement meant to... I mean, she toweled off with a blanket. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was was some very strange... But then she was in a negligee when he came in. 
Well, it's a good thing she packed a teddy in that teeny weeny bag of hers. I mean, yeah. don't leave home without it, ladies. It's almost like she had intentions. Oh, yeah. Well, she knew he was a womanizer, so, I mean, that was established pretty early. Right. So. Can we go back to the parking lot of the motel? Let's do yes. it. Not the scene you were talking about, where all the cars almost hit him. The scene <laughs> where it's nighttime. and uh, The Westworld scene. Yes. And... The cleanup. The cleanup happens, and they take the lady out, and she's, like, totally covered, like... Mm-hmm obviously dead (laughs) and they say multiple times that she's going to get the best care yeah at the factory (laughs) at the factory you know oh now she's in san diego or something and she's going to be okay that was a good cover though she's obviously dead she's at walter reed her head is covered you don't cover the head of a live person hmm well, you do when she looks like that. <laughs> I mean, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, she looks like she, she was French kissing a, also, an M80. <laughs> also, yes. Also, they put her in a van. Yeah. It's not an ambulance. It's not anything. Uh, yeah, it's a ped van. It's a van. It's a full size. Help me put this lady help in me the back put of this, my van. Yes, help me put this lady in the van, please. Van. Why don't you get inside and I'll push her back? Yeah crazy and then chalice is like okay not my business <laughs> let me get back to my room and what bang is a robot. his business what is his whole purpose other than to get in her I pants don't, i don't know i mean like li- none of this was his business like i can understand if he was let given the information early that those masks were bad news and then he knows his children have those masks so then that kind of drives him to figure this out if he was a better dad that'd be a great plot device Right, but it's like, to me, his whole purpose of taking this trip was to basically shoplift, as they say in Jerry Maguire, shoplift the poon Mm. by taking the... That's horrible. (laughs) By taking the grieving daughter to figure out what happened to her dad. Like, that's what he did. He shoplifted it. (laughs) He pretended to be interested in what was going on just to basically get laid. And he was drinking Miller. Miller High Life, <laughs> Miller Champagne High Life. of Beers. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I I don't know. See, again, like I get mixed things. Like I don't know what his motivation is. Is his motivation that he wants to get in this chick's pants? Fine. Yeah, I'm is gonna his, just go with his... that one. That seems to be no, the most no, like reasonable. On. Even before the chick, there was like something doesn't seem right about this murder or this dude that flamed himself up in the car mm-hmm. like something doesn't seem right about this but he had no vested interest that's what i'm saying like it, to me the tie with his children hold, having the mask that gives a little sense of urgency right but that wasn't there at all no it was a missed opportunity and so like well he does call the house and linda hangs up on him <laughs> his wife hangs up on yeah, him. yeah because it's for some reason like people like an acting device that was used in this movie was okay you're so distraught you don't know how to talk. <laughs> Go. Right. <laughs> like yeah. In the in the scene where the the nurse finds the the robot just killed the dude, the mm-hmm. first kill, and she's screaming and he comes down the hallway and he's like what? And he's like he ha uh, he uh, uh. and she doesn't say a single word. Right. That's and he's like he's like he just knows. He's like, "Well, I'm I'm going to follow that guy." Yeah. Because because why? You don't know why. She didn't say anything to you. Another way to tie Halloween in would be awesome if they 
established that Chalice had a relationship with Nurse Karen <laughs> in that in that hospital. Oh, the yeah. hot tub yeah, yeah, nurse yeah. from Halloween too. <laughs> Those nurses were way better. Like if he was like a traveling doctor. <laughs> but then, but then again, <laughs> yeah, Jack, dude. <laughs> that's why I did. That's why he had no time for his kids. Um, but again, when he was on the phone with his ex-wife, mm-hmm. he couldn't talk. Like right. It was. It was like his. Well, can you talk when she's trying to talk? She kept cutting him off, and she was pretty like stern with him. She didn't want to hear what he had to say. I hear, but Dimitri. 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 I was waiting for it at the end of Dimitri. the movie when he was like talking to <laughs> the broadcast guy. Now, Dimitri, <laughs> you got to turn off the third channel, Dimitri. <laughs> you got the first two. Now, I would normally call you just for no reason, but this is an emergency. Dimitri. So the uh, the six o'clock curfew applies to kittens as well. Are we on board with a curfew for kittens? Yes. <laughs> Seems a little racist or something. Uh, or catist. Specious. Specious. How come the liquor store was still open yeah. after six o'clock? Yeah, there was uh, a, there was a guys. A clerk this is in a there, right? capitalist society. Like, come on. I don't know. Seems. I think we need to talk more about the uh, surveillance state because this is um, an Orwellian nightmare. Mm. Yeah. But even Orwell didn't ever predict that the telescreens would directly kill people. That's true. I think that this is not Orwellian, though. Oh. I think... That Orwell, Orwell, Orwell had a way of making the uh, the characters kind of like submit to the technology willingly, right? Or submit to the technology, whether it was willingly or unwillingly, but pretend like it was willingly, mm. right? In this one, the the surveillance state is there without anyone's permission and without anyone's consent. I don't know, man. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to say that in Orwell, these people have technology that is forced upon them and they either go with it or they go with it, like they either go with it willingly or they go with it because they have to, that guy that grabs his kitten and drags it back inside the house didn't exactly seem excited to be shutting the windows, but he's doing it, whether he likes mm. it or not. I mean, that's, there's a lot you'd have to read into. Oh, well, when you said technology, I thought you were talking about, like, the cameras, the microphones, all that stuff. It's six o'clock. It's six o'clock. Lock your yeah, fucking I mean, door. It's six listen, o'clock. <laughs> it's, I said. The cameras were in public, right? I mean, not, not all of them, but, like, you know, there was like listening devices in places that should that should have been private that would be illegal, right? Well, you yeah. know, like the cameras on the street. They, I didn't even think Orwell when I saw them because there's like traffic cameras everywhere. But there weren't in way before 1982. There's security cameras everywhere. Yeah, I know. But like even then, I'm pretty sure that like the case law is that like if you're in public, you have no, pri- you don't have any. Uh, Reasonable expectation of privacy. But this is where he actually shows himself as a good filmmaker. Because it shows the cameras. 
it establishes the cameras as the eyes and ears of the town. Mm-hmm. And they have that conversation with the hobo. And they're whispering the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not shouting in a bar. Like, they're, they're whispering in the corner. And then they show up and they wipe that guy out. Well, the like guy does turn and scream, fuck you, Cochran. Yeah. Kiss my balls or whatever he yells at him. Like, I mean, he, there's a yelling part. So you could debate whether and I'm sh- I'm the sure microphones guy, are listening to the whispers or not. I'm yeah. sure that this guy has been talking about taking out Cochran for a while. Oh, yeah. And he also threatens to Molotov cocktail the, uh, the factory. So, I mean, you could even, even in a just society, you could say that those army... Army of robot guys should probably take him in for questioning and robotification. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But they do rip his head off, guys. And then it like squirts a bunch of blood out of him. It fountains. It fountains, yep. So cool. fountains. How how long have we been recording? An hour and ten minutes. An hour and ten minutes and no one friggin' mentioned those two walking behind the cart full of masks. (laughs) Those two walking behind. Uh, Chalice and... uh, um, is it Annie? Ellie. No, what's Ellie. Ellie? When they're inside the facility. Oh God, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was so <laughs> and ridiculous. They, and they basically put their hand up and walk, but they have a cart full of masks that are they're just kind of walking with. Right. It's like it's like no, you hide behind something that would be moving by itself normally. It's, it's an the metal warehouse. Gear solid it would have been move, guys. They put a cardboard yeah. box over themselves and scooted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have they done like they did in Toy Story and gotten the orange cone. Like it's just like right. It, it's a it's a functioning warehouse. They would have been less conspicuous just just walking, pushing a cart, <laughs> just walk, just push a cart, put a white coat on and walk. <laughs> right. <What? laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's hey, that's pretty much. Yeah. So we're at the uh, the motel scene. It's night. The ladies just had her face wrecked by the laser microchip. Mm. Mm-hmm. Favorite and part of the movie. Finally, uh, Connell Car- Cochran, Mr. Cochran, Connell Cochran makes his big first steps into the middle of the scene. George, was your first thought what my first thought was that yours should be? The thought that I had that should be your first thought? Did you have the same first impression that I hoped you would have? Or did you say, I don't know who that guy is, and then continue to watch the movie? Oh, shit. This is the third time we've done this With the same actor I think We just keep showing him this actor (laughs) At least he recognized Tom Atkins I'm going to give you credit You eventually figured out Tom Atkins Now George just quick Because I want to check my assumptions George where do you know Tom Atkins from Oh I don't know Holy oh, shit. guys, we should have done what, that up what front. Are we I didn't doing? even think to ask him. What are we doing? George, right. Tom Atkins, Dan Chalice, your lead in this movie, mustachioed machismo with, with the, the part where he shows his butt. That guy. Yeah. Where do you know that guy from as an actor? Where have you seen him before? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Uh, I don't oh, know. Where, no, where, I don't know. Where do, do I you know have from? a disease that gives you short-term memory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. <laughs> we saw oh. him in a movie last week. 
<laughs> he was in the fog. <laughs> he picks up Jamie Lee Curtis. He's the one who, yeah, he hooks up with Jamie Lee Curtis and asks her name after he bangs her. I thought we established this. <laughs> Dude, that, I mean, these movies were made like two years apart. He, he looks the same except for the mustache. Yeah. You just watched him last week. Holy shit. He was... Dude, he was in so Jackie hard. Brown too. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Was no, he, he really? Okay. Oh, well, I don't know. You don't really pay attention. <laughs> he he was the gimp in Jackie Brown. So. <laughs> Holy crap, oh, George! Uh, wow. Okay. What else have I seen him in? No, no country for Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! In wow. so far, I don't. I think these are the only two movies you've seen him in back to back weeks. Wait, let's make it easier for him, Dan. George, when he's in the bar and he sees the TV screen, and a man <laughs> walks down the steps on the TV screen, do you know where you know him from? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, at least yeah. we got that, which is nice. Friend of the show, which Nick Castle. Nice. Mm. Yeah, it was Nick Castle. Yeah, Friend Nick of the Castle show. and Dick Warlock in the same movie. There nice. you go. Two wow. movies in a row, right? Because I'm sure there's flashbacks footage Jack to. Uh... Yikes! Hey, so, wow. Okay, wow. so now that we've established, oh, so two... who do I? Where do I know Cochran from? Okay, mm. so Cochran, he was essentially the same role in a little movie from '87 called RoboCop. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the old man. Now that I've said yeah, that, do you know where is. else you've seen? Cochran recently a very younger version much younger oh my gosh there needs to you, be a I remember you sa- I remember oh you saying God. that he's the guy from Ro- Robocop when we watched the movie but I don't remember the character <laughs> it, was, it was when Harry met Sally <laughs> no it wasn't he walks out of that car and the first thing I think is George better be like hmm General Black is back, Jack, because it rhymes a bunch of things. He's General Black from Failsafe. He. Oh, <laughs> and then makes spoiler masks. alert. Oh. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna bleep that because enough people haven't seen Failsafe yet that they're gonna right. not know that he. I'm gonna have to bleep yeah. that one too. He bleeps. <laughs> 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 Tom Atkins and his mustache. No, see, my my defense here is that Failsafe was so good that the actors blended didn't in. didn't even matter mm-hmm. because the story and the acting and, su- and such was so good that I didn't see the characters as actors. I saw them as the characters that they were portraying. That's right. a good move, but I'm not going to allow it. That's my not argument. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I was just glad they never let Dan O'Hurley near any robots ever again. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to make flashcards for. Was he in Westworld? <laughs> that would have been awesome if he was been. one of the scientists in Westworld. That yeah. would have been awesome, but no. Mm. You know, okay, so they're shooting laser death bug magic out of Stonehenge. Mm. That's a lot to take in at face value. Like you really do have to suspend some disbelief. But sure. do you think it's interesting that in Failsafe? The same actor is unleashing power and force, which is what they refer to uh, when Cochran's describing the power of the Stonehenge. He's releasing and unleashing the power and force of a different kind of rock called plutonium. I don't know if plutonium is actually a rock. Geology nerds, shut up. Uh, But (laughs) either way, 
Marty. The power and force of plutonium to destroy beep, right? Like, that's mm. interesting that in two different movies, in the same season, you say that the same actor unleashing what to an untrained eye might be a magical force hidden within a rock. That's kind of cool. It's like Thanos. Hmm. Hmm. I made you watch Failsafe so that you'd watch this movie. Yeah, so he's like basically typecasted at this point. Yeah, the dude well, just he... keeps unleashing the juice. Yeah, like his character in RoboCop is Cochran. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What was his name in RoboCop? Cochran? <laughs> no, he's the old <laughs> man. What do they call him? He's not Dick Jones because that's the other guy. Dick Jones is the other guy, yeah. He's the other, he's other red... guy. Well, we'll discuss that when we watch it again because it's going to be in George's top 10. He's always listed as the old man. God damn it. I was right. Damn. It's weird to See? be right and feel disappointed at the same time. He could be Cochran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just called him the old man. Old, old man, man Cochran. <gasps> oh, shit. Who would have thought that a prequel to Scream was also a prequel to Robocop? Wow. Yeah, man. Boom. This movie has everything. It even has a guy offering sex in exchange for detective work. To a coroner. Mm. Yeah. Like, what? Do a little research on this guy for me. I'll bang you a lot. Okay, you can bang me a lot, too. He said dinner. He did say dinner, but we knew what they meant. (laughs) But it was the 80s, so. Dinner and banging. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why. Oh. Hey, hey, beep that. Hey, uh, guys. uh, Serious question here. I, I don't mean to bring down the the mood of the room or anything, but um, dead dwarf gag? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, doesn't he? That's one of his tricks, That's right? one of his classic yeah. pranks? Like, explain yeah. to me how that prank works. I, I've got time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Was uh, that the guy that was driving Eddie's RV? Yeah. Yeah. For a second, I thought you pulled into the motel. That there Trap. Clarkson RV. <laughs> <laughs> how, on a scale of one to ten, one being like, you know, the Cousin Eddie RV, and 10 being like uh, that Space one on The Simpsons that Ned Flanders buys that's like got all the features. Yeah. How excited were you about this particular RV? Because I know you're I love, an enthusiast of the uh, recreational vehicles. When I saw it, I was at that point, my son was in the room, my 13 year old son, and he's like, Oh, I love that RV. And I'm like, So do I. But I love it because it's the nostalgia of it. It looks like Dale's RV from Walking Dead. Mm. You know and what I thought when it rolled into the parking lot? That RV looks like a good time. Yeah, it's just it, it reminds me of the old uh, uh, Tonka Winnebago yeah. I had when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was perfect. It was like that tan with the green lettering, and it was in good shape. It wasn't all rusty. It kind of reminded me of Lone Star's... Uh, RV and Spaceballs, but it's not the same make. But yeah, no, I love it. I'm I'm a bigger fan of that than than Ned Flanders RV. Land yacht. Land <laughs> yacht. Yeah, I don't like the extravagant ones. I like the more... Uh... Although I do, I think I would like one that kind of cranks out at least one room. Yeah. I hear Dan Chalice will crank out at least one room and then he'll get tired <laughs> and complain and if you want a ass. second room. Mm. Hey, so guys, 
Don't ask me that. Question. Dan Childs will recommend a second room, but he knows. He's, Where do you want to sleep? He knows he's banging Don't you in ask that me one. That question. Oh, that is a, that's an, that's actually a more straightforward. You just said cranking out a room, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yikes. But yeah, there you go. one room, two room. That's a more direct reference to the movie with not as creepy a joke. Good job. Oh, by the way, uh, your uh, your theory, your collective theory on the fog Halloween to Halloween three, is getting a lot of hate on the Harv page. Some people are giving it the thumbs up, and then some people are like, "John Carpenter doesn't build universes. Shut up." <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he purposely did it, but it would be neat. <laughs> Some people, man, were... can't get past yeah. the initial like brainstem Neanderthal reaction of me no no, me no like me hate. It's like yeah. okay, cool man. And after after watching this movie, they live is not too far off from this anthology. Yeah, man. So it's like and 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 like I said before, like even if if the thing wasn't an established movie from the fifties and it came out as like the thing within or the thing from another world or something, they just called it the thing, but they weren't making it a remake or whatever mm-hmm. that fits in this universe as well. So I, what I said to the guy was, I think John Carpenter maybe accidentally built a universe. No, I think that John Carpenter makes movies from his mind and his mind is the universe is the universe. And and then I said it's kind of like John Hughes, like the the same high school is used in every John Hughes movie, but he never connects the characters, but they all live in the same area. Yeah, Stephen King does the same thing. You know, Christine could be happening in the town next to where Cujo yeah. Whoever happens. is is dismissing this theory just right off the bat is small minded. Yeah, it's like Gravity Falls. Like everything that happens in this town, you know, Stranger Things could be happening in the same town that. Christine is happening in and it, the only thing you can connect it with is maybe a corner store that they all go to then what's wrong with that it's not like you're doing character crossovers or anything right hmm hmm uh, technically all of this happens in the same universe yes it does. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, you guys have made a few comments and I'm sure you did it accidentally I'm sure you didn't mean to insult this movie, but you did. Uh, The acting in this movie is something that you guys were not so excited about. But I'm going to point to one little gem that you might have missed. Or you saw it and you you were like, well, they've got one point for acting and a thousand points against. Whatever. There's a scene where uh, Ellie goes to her father's car. And she gets surrounded by security forces. The robot guys. And Cochran yep. is with Buddy, older Buddy. And he goes, ha, 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 trade secrets, right? And that, you know, yeah. that is what it is as far as lines go. But as soon as he says that, Cochran does like this smile to the guy. And then he slightly turns his head and his face turns to like menace. But it's real subtle and real quick. That scene. That's good. Is good acting. See, there was yes. one. But see, he's, he's, a, he's a seasoned actor. Has he done other but, things? He just sounds like he's a thespian. He sounds like, uh, you know, he's like a Fred Gwynn that just probably is a classically trained actor and just kind of gets these roles that... Well, and he uh, was in Failsafe a couple of weeks ago, but George forgot. Yeah, that's right. Damn it, George. But yeah, that those subtle things, like I, I that's the first thing I look for. Like, I was listening to the episode 
uh, I don't know if it was, I guess the Halloween two episode, and George doesn't listen to the show, but there's a part where <laughs> no, and I don't know why anyone else does either. <laughs> <sighs> we just lost our one fan. Oh man, uh, George, <laughs> come back, Alicia, come back. <laughs> you meant we were talking about how my issue with Jalo movies is yes, the story's cool visually, it's you know filmed right mm-hmm. but the acting is, to me is terrible yeah and the voice the yeah. the audio doesn't it not doesn't syncing work. up it just really ruins it yeah some people in their succession of things they look for in a movie it's story it's visual it's acting for me acting's a number one because if the acting's bad i'm not buying into the visual or the story right so when that happens i get lost yeah i'll still watch it but like I don't want to give my review of Venom 2, but that came up a few times watching that movie. Gotcha. And it takes you out very quickly. Especially when you're in a fantastical world, you want to you want to believe it. You want to believe yeah. but if the actors are doing a shitty job, then you're not believing it. So with this, that little face that he makes, Cochran makes, you look at it and it's like, yes, that's that's somebody who knows what they're doing. They're looking at the words on the page and they're adding whether the director told him to do this face or if he chose it, it was a choice. It said volumes. Yeah, because that actor is, it, with whatever lines are being delivered or whatever situation is happening, that actor is saying, this is what that means to right. me. This is the line. My my line is yes. That's all right. it says on the paper. Right, but what's going on defines what this means right. to me. So his little trade secrets and then his face was his version of in Willy Wonka when Gene Wilder says, No. No, don't stop, stop. don't yeah. Like that <laughs> I love that, that is, line so much. <laughs> I mean you both me butchered too. it, but when it's in the movie no, yeah, it's I butchered good. it big time. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's like he made a choice. The lines on the paper, and then he made a character development or right. a character study choice, and the director kept it and or directed it, but it was perfect. No, stop. Yeah, don't. don't. It's, it's like, and if a character can do that, and then you get a movie like Willy Wonka where they all do it, you get a phenomenal movie where it's classic forever. Like, oh, I want the golden goose and I want it now. Like that's the, You can see the line on the paper and how she reads it. You can hear her just her selfishness, and everything about that character in that line. Yeah. So if everybody in the movie is going in full cylinders, then you get a Saving Private Ryan, or you get uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And when they're not on all cylinders, you get Silent Night, comma, Deadly Night, and <laughs> Halloween <laughs> 3. Hey, because the one Rick- thing I will say about the way that this movie presents, let's say... Um, High ambition, maybe standard delivery. Here's the thing about Halloween 3. It is like if you were at one of those Brazilian steakhouses. Have you ever been to one of those and they walk up with a big piece of meat on a stick and they like cut off mm-hmm. a piece of the meat and they look at you like, do you really want a second piece of this? Because there's all these other options, right? Only at this Brazilian steakhouse, the Halloween 3 steakhouse, uh, everybody's just walking around with like, bite-sized Snickers bars, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just candy. It's just garbage, mm-hmm. but it tastes good. But then, out of nowhere, some guy comes along and is like, oh, and by the way, here's a slice of filet mignon. And you're just mm-hmm. like, mmm, 
That's really good steak. Can I have more candy, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's this scene. It's the fillet in the middle of candy. It doesn't belong. You're glad it's there. Doesn't really belong in the context, but like because it doesn't belong in the context, it's like a nice surprise. Well, this movie, it's not Snickers. It's like the the stuff that like maybe a peppermint disc. <laughs> like it's oh, not like, like the Brock's you... candy. Yeah, Brock's candy. Friend of the um, show, Brock's candy. <laughs> it's or like, caramel, or like sort of. Necco yeah. wafers. What 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 I was getting at was when he. I think I don't know if it was right before he does that or if it's right after they leave. They go back to the hotel. Candy corn. Candy. Ugh. Uh, Tom Atkins Chalice comes out of the bathroom and delivers a line about calling the Marines or something. <laughs> yeah, it's time <laughs> to call the Marines. Time to call the Marines. And then she says something, and it was such a bad volley of lines. I'm like, like this guy, sh- Cochran should not be in the same movie with these people. <laughs> like, no. And his character was not well developed either. But at least he was, he was playing, he was making choices that at least showed us that he was not a state like. He called him Mr. S- or called her Mrs. Smith when they were talking one time. He already knows who that guy is. He knows he's Dr. Chalice. He yeah. knows where he's from because yeah. he's got a robot tail on him. But he calls her Mrs. Smith. But he does it in a way where you hear it and you know he's. F- you know he's, he knows. Yeah. That's he knows Smith. what he knows and he knows. And you should know that he knows just by the way he said Mrs. Smith. Well, and then, I mean, guys. What is the, we talked about how they took the piece of the original Halloween and kind of mixed them around and you got the fog and then you kind of mix them around and you get Halloween too. In this case, Cochran is almost the Loomis because mm. he gets the monologue, right? The exposition at the end of the movie, background fill in on the Irish. Uh, I guess he just called, does he call it Irish or just Celtic? Let's just call it Celtic because it has England. Mm. The Celtic background of Halloween as they understand it and as we have forgotten or whatever. And he even, guys, did you catch it? He talks about the festival of Samhain, right? Mm. He says it right. I think, I think right. It may be Samhain, but he says Samhain. <laughs> and it's like, you know mm-hmm. what? It's not Sam Hain. So, mm-hmm. Sam Hain. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> but it is, it's a good, it's a good <laughs> monologue. And I think part of the reason it's such a good monologue, again, filet in the middle of the candy mm-hmm. uh, meal, nobody else gets to talk. So yeah. he just gets to mm. deliver the lines and not have to volley back and forth with, you know, those two. I can I can uh, point out something though that somebody didn't get the memo mm-hmm. that Cochran was supposed to be the only actor in the movie. There's a scene where they find out. I guess it's where they find out where Chalice gets out, and he the the one henchman, the robot comes over to tell Cochran that he's no longer in the room, but Cochran's doing something, mm-hmm. so he's got to wait. Yeah. Watch that scene again. That okay. guy, phenomenal. Okay. It's phenomenal, because he, he goes to talk, and then he realizes, I'm going to wait, because I got really shitty news to tell him, <laughs> but I'm a robot. <laughs> right. So I'm not supposed to be thinking this is really shitty news, I'm just supposed to be able to deliver it. Right. So he's like basically waiting with his mouth open, just waiting to talk. <laughs> and it's, Total choice. That like, sounds wonderful. Uh, I am going to go back guy, and look he, at that. It's a nice little snippet in there. I saw the guy. I'm like, this guy, whoever he is, he gets it. Because even Dick Warlock didn't really, he phoned it in. Like, he was kind of playing it. He almost had, like, that angry face. But it would have been so much better if it was kind of like, like, you saw Alien, but it's been a long time. Yeah. So you're not going to really know the reference of Ash. 
but the character Ash, there's a scene where he tries to kill somebody, and he, I don't remember who it is, it might be Ripley, I don't know, but he's putting a magazine down their mouth, but he's doing it, he's very, like, forceful, but it's all in his movements, his face is just stoic, like, there's no emotion, right? And that was kind of lost in these robots. Like, they were kind of, they were all mismatched different sizes. They kind of looked, which kind of plays into the whole cloning thing. But they were, some of them were showing emotion, some of them weren't. So it was like they all didn't get the the casting call to everybody's got to play this. It's the Dawn of the Dead Zombies again. Yes. (laughs) Damn it. It's like, everybody bring your zombie costume. All right, you're a bride and you're a groom. Come over here. Like, <laughs> it was just like, ugh. That's how yeah. I felt. But with this, I, I think it would have been better if they were almost, if they hired like a bunch of people that looked the same or made them look the same. And then they were all just basically Matrix agents. Yeah. That would have been more scary. Or Oompa Loompas. But some of them look like, like they could work at Home Depot. Like, they weren't really menacing at all. They were just kind of inviting. <laughs> so the robot thing is kinds. a major cop out, right? Like, oh, they're bad actors, but they're robots. Like, you can kind of, mm. you can really fudge the edges quite a bit with that. There's a cop out in this movie though, and it's actually Cochran that uses it, although it's just a scripted line, but he, he delivers it well. <laughs> it's when he's talking about the the rock from Stonehenge, and he's like, "We had a time getting it here. You wouldn't believe mm. how we did it." And then they don't fucking tell you how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Like it's kind of like looking at the pyramids. It's like, yeah, they built this over a thousand years, and we won't tell you how they did it. It's not even that we specific, though. It's it. just like, boy, you yeah. see that big pyramid over there? They had a time building it. You wouldn't believe how they did it. Moving <laughs> That's on. It. It's inflated. It's inflated. So it's a giant balloon. So guys, Ellie gets arrested at one point in this movie, and I have yeah. to stop and ask, like. Does she get arrested? I mean, do we call it detained, right? Because, I mean, she hasn't been read her Miranda rights. There's no charges, Mm -hmm. right, that we know of. Or has she been hauled in for maintenance, right? Mm. Because she's a robot. I kind of get the feeling that it's not Tom Atkins, boys. Here we go. It's Tom Ratkins, and she's just the cheese in that maze. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. That's a stretch, yeah, right? Yeah. That took a lot of shoe yeah. leather to get there, guys. <laughs> it, yeah. it all goes to how long has Cochran known about Atkins or Chalice? Because that'll tell you, was she a plant the whole time or was she human and then made a plant to watch him? Because they obviously have been swarming that hospital. Guys. They know the area. Guys, when he's in the Uh-oh. bar, right yeah. before he meets... Ellie, guys, he watches a cartoon about mm. a plant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, shit. Turn it. And then Speaking he goes that, and visits a plant with the planted lady after watching the plant on TV. Guys, shit. it's all coming together. Oh, I thought the plant was symbolizing drugs. Mm. Speaking of that, do you know who the bartender was? Do I you don't. recognize him? No. No. It was Johnny Depp. Stop. <laughs> that, that was, was Johnny the, Depp? That's one of the most epic times. <laughs> that was one of the most epic moments on... Actually, it was John Mayer. 
<laughs> remedial <laughs> film class podcast history. Actually, the bar scene. If you notice, when Ellie enters the bar, uh-huh. she comes in the door and stops. And it's kind of like an awkward pause. And then she walks up to Chalice. But it might be because she's bad. <laughs> aw- <laughs> awkward pauses will tell you two things, whether it was directed or an accident. I don't know. And but she paused because she had to reboot mm. for a second. She had a little glitch. She had to connect to the bar's Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, To right. save data charges. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, shit. Wi-Fi. So check that out. So at the mm. end of this movie, after all this has happened, but before the arm part, because I mean, you're not going to top the arm part. <laughs> Dude, the arm part is the best part <laughs> of this movie, bro. Halloween oh. 3, right? This is kind of the one of the first sequelitis movies, right? Friday the 13th does it first, does it better. Arguably. But, I mean, it's hard to argue against Friday the 13th Part 3 being a more successful mm. Friday the 13th movie than this Halloween 3 being a more successful Halloween movie. Um, nowhere in any of those mainstream sequelific, uh, is that a word? Sequelific? Sequel Titus? Sequel. Oft sequelized slasher movies. Nowhere do they kill kids. And mm. this movie turns a kid's brains into bugs and snakes bugs. that murder his yeah. parents mm. what's george thinking when this kid's head turns into bugs and snakes and murders his parents we've not seen kids get killed in these movies it's true i didn't even think of that i thought nothing of it wow wow i didn't even think of it what do you think of it now that you've thought about it because usually you're safe as a child in, in these kind of movies yeah it's true even uh, but when you're the prime target of the of the storyline, <laughs> can't make an omelet without it's a breaking your feet joke legs. on the children. <laughs> what the <Yeah>. fuck? <laughs> I you know, listen. You can't put anything past a robot. Well, you know what? It kind of ties into the Willy Wonka thing again because the uh, the original book Wonka is a little creep. He's kind of creepy in the movie, too. I mean, we like him because he's Gene Wilder, but like, right. that's some really troublesome behavior. But I think he's like a, I don't want to say he's a child murderer, but he he does relish in the torture of children in the book. It's kind of touched on more in the Johnny Depp version, the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, than yeah. Willy Wonka. That one actually has Johnny Depp in it, though, George. Yes, Johnny Depp is in it. I know He plays that, one yes, of the squirrels. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he plays Willy Wonka, <laughs> if we're not clear. That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you don't touch that squirrel's nuts. I think is what he says. Um, yeah, but that that movie's more close to the book, and in that movie, he's a lot creepier and relishes a lot more in the torture of kids. So I'm assuming, since the whole plot of this movie is the sacrifice of children, and him being the Willy Wonka of the movie, it's and I can't believe I never made that connection before. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for showing me this movie <laughs> for the first time. And how how long has it been for since you watched time. Halloween three, Travis? I mean, I'm sure oh, you don't watch this every year. No, it's probably been 20 years. Welcome back. Yeah. It's so yeah. good, man. You'll watch it next year. You'll be like, man, okay, I'll watch it one more time. I'm going to watch it when I get home. Cause I want to go check out a few of these little snippets of fun. Yeah, me too. You're going to go uh, check out that arm again. <laughs> we got the windy theory. Only this is the Ellie theory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm going to watch their performances a little closer. 
So it's going to suck even more, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love Halloween 3. Un- unadulterated love is all I have for this it, movie. I watch it every year. I make my wife watch it just about every year. She actually likes it, so I don't know what's wrong with her. But right. it's like a yearly rewatch. This one and Halloween 1, of course, every year. And that'll be in your head for the next week. I'm sorry. I've ruined yeah. your Halloween by making your Halloween be full of that song. Yeah. yeah. That uh that song tortured us as children. Because people would go trick or treat and they just start singing that song. And it's like shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Do you like that in the final, like uh it's I keep saying final. This movie's got a lot of endings, but the the part where he's showing I guess he's not sure. The movie is showing flashes of different Halloweens across the country. And in, mm. in that montage, it actually shows the Chalice kids sitting in front of the TV again. Yes. And I don't know if it does that on purpose to like build suspense because it does it kind of quick and moves on. Or if mm-hmm. it's literally like, oh, hey, we need to fill a few more seconds. Well, we got more kids in front of the TV. Let's use this footage too. But it's that thing nah, where like was... if the movie focused more on Chalice's like desire to save his children, that would be yeah. such an impactful shot to be like oh and by the way just as he knows and has mentioned many times that he's worried about his kids are also going to watch this thing you know (laughs) and instead it's like he mentions it once on the phone to his wife right at the end that's a they dropped the ball on that a little bit yeah it's it's a missed opportunity it's kind of like what we were talking about with the the ghost story of blake you know make that make that priest more what he should have done was went back in time and date raped his mom. <laughs> he probably did. Maybe this is his punishment for doing that. <laughs> yeah. We don't oh know. God. Maybe Cochran's the father of his children. Maybe Ellie's his mom. Oh, fuck. Maybe he's his own dad. She is older than you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did say that. Oh, my God. Did she call him Calvin at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just mixing movies now. So, George, here's the thing. Bottom line, we've been talking about Halloween 3 now for longer than we've talked about any other Halloween movie except maybe the first one. How did that happen? It's fucking awesome. That's how. But can you imagine... No, it's not. If you saw this movie (laughs) expecting Halloween 3, Michael Goes to Hell, which would have been your expectation, I think, coming out of Halloween 2, I can imagine you'd be disappointed. Did we make it better by framing it in context and giving you a better, more appropriate Halloween 2 for this Halloween 3? Yeah. Yes. You did. <laughs> he's, you, a, yes. he's answering yes so we don't do a half hour of trying no, to you, convince him. <laughs> no, yeah. It, you did make it better. The movie is in no way good. <laughs> but you did make it better than if you just threw me into it off a of Halloween. Thing. Here's yeah, the, the thing about value judgment. Ever. <laughs> Here's the value judgment issue, right? Smarties are delicious. And they'll kill you if you eat a million of them, I bet. Sure. Yeah. So they're not good, but they're delicious. This movie is Smarties, man. Like, sure, you need better movies, right? You need a Silence of the Lambs. You need a Shining. You need No Country. That's your meat. And sometimes you just need like Smarties. This movie is Smarties. You know going in. I love Smarties. It's about robots. 
and Halloween stuff. But it's still what's, fun as hell. What's good is when he enjoys the meat, but sometimes when we show him candy corn and we think he's going to hate the candy corn, and he goes, yeah, this is the best candy I've ever had. That's my favorite part. That sometimes happens. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's not going to be sometimes this movie or circus know. peanuts even. Circus peanuts. Yeah. Like American Werewolf. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how that was going to hit you. I'm going to introduce uh my friends this weekend. You should. To an American Werewolf in London. Excellent. Sure it's not Paris. Yeah, don't get Paris. That one's not good. That's a CGI nightmare. Oh, no. Yeah, I would never. OG, and that's it. Yep, that's all you need. Travis, yeah. I think we need to tell George about what we're doing next week. Hmm. Okay, so next week is a movie. A movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah, it's gonna be like a, on a T-shirt. Next week is a movie. Dot dot dot. A movie. <sighs> I don't even know how to frame this. So oh, I know. Say, I know. I know. Oh, okay, go. So George. Next week, we'll be watching a movie that we actually never planned to watch. In fact, I think Travis and I have had conversations about like, oh, nope, mm -mm, nope. But then, but then, we did the H2O episode, and George opened his big mouth. (laughs) Oh, no. And was like, you know what? I'd really like to see this movie. And I made a face like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, yes, because. For one, it's going to make Halloween 3 look like fucking no country for old men. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But also, like, I mean, I should give this movie a second chance, right? Travis needs to give this movie a 15th chance. Eventually, it's going to hit for Travis. And this might be the time. It's going to be a good watch because I have it's going to be kind of like uh, one of those movies where we go all right this is the problem this was good this was not this is the problem how do we fix it I think it's going to be that kind of episode where we kind of retrofit ideas that's going to make it better so next week we are going to actually extend the fall break on an unscheduled extension past All Saints Mm. Day and we are going to take a long Desperately sad look uh, at Halloween Resurrection. So it'll be Halloween 8? Halloween 8. The actual, like, the movie that came out after H2O. Yeah. The sequel that H2O got, whether or not it deserved it. Mm. Okay. So you asked for it, specifically. You said, I want to watch that movie, and I thought, ooh. But it's like, we'll do it for you, George. We will bear the burden of watching the movie again so that we can talk to you about it. It's been a while. It's been since it came out. So when, when did it come out? 2002? Oh, really? Yeah, 2002, 2003. It's like five years after. Okay. It's like five years after H2O. H2O is 98. So, so like 2003. 2003. Yeah. Yeah, I was no longer working at the theater, so I didn't see it multiple times. 2002. But I was still, I had friends over there, so I did go see movies, but that was not one of them that I saw multiple times. So it's been a long time since I've seen it, so yeah, it deserves another watch. So, uh, George, uh, you asked for it, and we're going to give it to you. Sounds good. It can't be any worse 
than some of the movies we've already watched, so I, I wouldn't <laughs> go into it. Listen, dude, if I can do an hour and 49 minutes and 38 seconds <laughs> on, on Halloween trash, 3, yeah. we'll be all right. Halloween 3 is yeah. good. You should all watch it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> After this episode, people that hated it might go watch it again. It's worth a second look. It's worth an open-minded look. And it's also worth a look after the fog. Just give the fog a chance. And thank you to Eric, who is the friend of our listener, Aaron, who last year sometime turned me on to the idea that maybe the fog would have been a better Halloween too. And God damn it, you were right. Mm-hmm. And we have the science to back it up. Look at George. Yeah. <laughs> Trust the science. Trust the fungus. Fungus. The science is working. Dan is a fun guy. <laughs> he is a fun guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. All right. You should see some of the texts going back and forth on these movies we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's better that he doesn't. I'm like, I can't believe we haven't watched The Fly yet. Why are we watching this? <laughs> we have all the time in the world and everything will fit together. We haven't together. even touched on Cronenberg yet. Like, what? Season three is going to be lit, dude. We're going to, I think we're going to get away from. Kind of the, the stuff we've the the trajectory we've been on. I think we're we've come to a, a few different destinations. By the end of the year, we'll hit all the destinations we wanted to hit on this trajectory, and then we can start fresh with a new season three. I mean, mm. shoot, the stuff we've already talked about for season three is just like, yeah, damn, yeah, damn, damn, it's next level shit. <laughs>